Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you are joining me for this newest episode of Your Turn, where I, Zach Anderson, talk to you lovely people about board games, from the jargon that we use in the hobby to specific games I have tried and may find for you to be worth checking out. Now, I know I have been gone for quite a while, it's been a little over a year since I posted episode 5. And actually, over that last year, I've been doing a lot of work and searching to, to figure out what exactly I want out of this podcast. And I think I've come up with a pretty strong idea and a good goal. My goal here at Your Turn is to introduce people to games they may have never heard of or they've tried before, while also helping people understand the hobby a little bit more and have a better grip on the jargon and the terminology that we use when we play games or when we talk about games. Without further ado, let us begin today's topics and talk about some fun board game stuff. Now, at the time of recording this, the world has been struggling and battling the COVID-19 pandemic. And in my neck of the woods over here in California, that means that we've been under a shelter in place for about two months now. This makes playing games, well, board games specifically, with friends and family nearly impossible. Now I know there are ways to play online and such, but that doesn't really, at least for me, satiate my desire to play games. And I just wanted to keep playing physical board games but I had to find a way to play games without other people. After doing a bit of research, I found a genre of games that could normally be played pretty quick and were not overly complicated, but still had a good amount of strategy, but most importantly, could be played solo. Um, So by myself, in a matter of half an hour, some games might take longer. The games that most caught my attention are called Roll and Writes. Now, according to the website BoardGameGeek, which if you are not familiar with and want to look into board games, this is a great place to start. Roll and Rights are defined as small and portable games that involve players rolling dice and marking the results on a sheet of paper or erasable boards. Another common factor is that marking choices made in previous turns limit a player's marking choices in future plays or future turns. As the definition and the name itself says, there's not a whole lot to roll and write games. Each player has their own score sheet or dry erase tool, and each round they will roll a set of dice and record some information. This could be a single number, this could be filling in a bubble on your sheet to to note that you have taken a specific commodity, or drawing a shape or a line to show your progress in a certain area. Now, there is a variation of the roll and write, where instead of rolling dice, you are actually flipping cards over, and these are sometimes referred to as flip and write, but it's the same concept um, where you look at your options before you and select information to write on your individual sheet. Now, I know some people would argue that this rolling of dice and writing something down is too based on luck and does not leave a lot of space for strategy. And this may be true for some roll and write games, but for many, there's actually an immense amount of strategy at play. In the critically acclaimed game Gone Sean Clever, 
the player rolls six different colored dice, each corresponding to a different area on your score sheet. And on each turn, the player is only allowed to select three dice to use. So this forces the player to choose strategically, as any dice they don't choose will not score them any points and could potentially help their opponents score points. In the beloved game Welcome To, each turn the players have a choice of three pairs of actions and numbers, which are used to number houses in the neighborhood you're trying to build. A player must apply strategy to make sure that houses are not only in ascending numerical order, but also they are taking advantage of the offered powers to score as highly as possible, defeating their opponents or, if playing solo in my case, beating their previous high score. I am willing to hazard guess that many of you listening have actually played at least one roll and write game in your lifetime, as the game that often embodies this idea of rolling dice and recording some sort of information is Yahtzee. Now, I've played a lot of Yahtzee in my time. Thank you to my parents for that. I'm not saying that Yahtzee is a bad game. It's actually really fun, if frustrating at times. I merely want to introduce a few other games you may check out if this type of game sounds fun. Now, I've already mentioned Gonshan Clever and Welcome 2, which are both great games, and I own both. But there's also La Grana No Siesta, sorry for my bad accent or pronunciation, where you are collecting and selling goods to score points. This game can also be played solo. There's also Railroad Inc., which I'm going to be talking about a little bit more later. And there's two versions of this game, a red and a blue, though they are basically the exact same thing, where you are drawing railroad lines and highway lines to connect as many parts of the board as possible. If you want an extra challenge, you can add in the inbox expansions, which add a few new details or challenges to overcome. But that should give you a pretty good overview of what a roll and write game is. So now let's look at a specific game. And as I have already mentioned, I want to look at Railroad Inc. Specifically, Railroad Inc. Blazing Red Edition. I'm going to butcher the names of who designed it, so please bear with me. The designers of Railroad Inc. are Hajalmar Hawk and Lorenzo Silva. The art is done by Marta Tranquilli. It was published by Horrible Games. It was published in 2019. It can play between one to six players, and it plays in about half an hour. Let me give you a quick overview of how the game is played. Each player receives one dry erase board and a dry erase marker. There are no turns in this game, as all players use the same four dice at the same time. The game will be played for seven rounds, unless you're playing with the expansions, which you'll only play for six. Each round, players roll the four route dice. These dice include railroads, highways, or a combination of both. Players will draw the four rolled routes on their board, starting at entrance points denoted on the sides of your board by little green arrows. The routes you draw must match the route it's connecting to, so railroads must touch railroads, highways must touch highways. And eventually, you would be building routes spreading across the board. For the most part, railroads and highways cannot be built off each other but there are specific routes that have stations on them designated by little black squares, which allow players to segue from railroad to highway or vice versa. 
players also have the option to use up to three of the special four-way intersections shown at the top of their boards. Each special four-way intersection is a different combination of railways and highways, and they give players more options for establishing their paths or their routes. Each special intersection can only be used once per game per player. So each player can use the same intersection as someone else, but since everyone has their own boards, this isn't going to be a problem. After each player has drawn the four routes, the round ends, and the new round begins with a new player rolling the four dice. After seven rounds, the game ends, and players tally up their points for how many entrances they are connected. A player's longest highway, as well as a player's longest railway. How many squares were used in the center of the board? There are nine of them. And then players lose a point for each open route, um, which just means if the route doesn't connect to anything else, then it, it's open, doesn't end. Players add up their points, subtract the, the negative points. Player with the highest score wins. Now, in the box, there are two small expansions, which add two more dice. There's Lava Dice and Meteor Dice. Now, when playing with these expansions, the game is shortened to only six rounds instead of the normal seven, and you can only play with one expansion at a time, but each one adds a new element to contend with as you play. Meteor dice add randomly falling meteors to your routes, and if they land where you already had a route, that route's destroyed. At the end of the game, for each route that touches a meteor strike and connects to an entrance spot on the edge of the board, players will get two points. So. Meteors are evil, but they give you points. Then there's Lava Dice. Lava Dice actually add a volcano to the middle of your board, and each roll, there's going to be a growing lake of lava on your board. And as with the meteors, if you must add a flow of lava to a pre-existing route, the route's destroyed. At the end of the game, for each fully enclosed lake of lava, a player receives five points and an additional one point per square of their largest lake of lava. That means that during the game, you can start a second volcano somewhere else on the board and grow even more of this lake. Now, I would like to give you a few overall thoughts on this game. Plain and simple, this game is fantastic. This game is quick and fun to play as you challenge yourself and opponents if you have them to try and plan ahead as you hope and pray that the routes you need are rolled when you need them the most. I cannot tell you how many times I had a beautiful route going and then never got the route, the, the pieces that I need to, to finish it. Now, I have played this game mostly solo. I played it one or two, I think once with someone else. And though it is a fantastic solo game, I can only imagine it will be that much more fun to play with any player count. Because everyone's doing their own thing, there is no take that or conflict between players. I can definitely see this as a great game to play with families or friends and could potentially be a great game to use to introduce people to the hobby or to the genre of games such as Roll and Writes. The expansions add enough of a challenge to ratchet up the difficulty and strategy but it is still a lightweight and fun game to play and some may even consider it to be a filler game or a game that you play and you, if you don't have enough time for a larger game. The art for this game, though not overly abundant, is gorgeous. 
each player's board has a different landscape drawn on their shield, and these pieces of art draw to the theme as they include meteors and lava in some form or another. Now, there is another version called Railroad Inc. Deep Blue Edition, which swaps the lava and meteors for rivers and lakes. And there are two more versions coming out, which promise to add even more of a challenge. And I, for one, am super excited to try these new versions and see what challenges lay ahead. Well, folks, that is it for this episode here at Your Turn. I want to thank you all for joining me and taking time out of your daily lives to listen to this nerd talk about one of his favorite hobbies. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to like this episode and listen to the others that I have posted, as well as check out pictures and updates I post over on my Instagram at z.a underscore your turn. Feel free to drop me a line or a comment and, and let me know what games you've been playing or are interested in hearing about. It's been a pleasure talking about these amazing games with you, and I'll be back soon with another episode. As always, I have been your host, Zach Anderson, and this has been your turn. And now it is your turn to go out, play some games, have fun, and be safe. Have a good one, everybody.